Hello and welcome to 100% Real with Ruby and I am so excited to have Ali back on because her podcast brought some other people tears with how much they resonated with what she had to say and what we had to say because it, the truth is it, it usually feels good and it usually feels like it's working but it like what it feels and what it is are two separate things. And this can be related to the way that you train, the way that you are embarking on a dieting journey, just anything in general. And that's kind of what we are going to be talking about today. But the first thing that I want to talk about is the goals that we set for ourselves and the outcomes we want to achieve, because we usually base them in a mindset that's, I really hate where I am right now. I'm fat. I'm lazy. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. So they're kind of extreme or they're based on what we think we should be doing and what other people put up onto social media, which these days everyone's doing some type of bodybuilding show. But like I put a post on this the other day and it's the fact that when you see these before and afters and they're so drastic, it's like, I want that. Now I want to do that. But you don't really know what it takes to get there. And you don't, like, you're not thinking from a logical place. Now, Ali and I, we can both fall for the same thing easily and want to get that shredded and want to get on stage. But if you actually think about it, it's a weight. <laughs> I think it's, it's amazing, yes, if you're getting paid for it. But it's a waste of so much life stuff. It's, like, it's a whole load of money, of emotions, of sacrificing family events, the fact that it's a set date and you are not in control of changing that, which is kind of what we're going to talk about first, which is why Ali chose a photo shoot and why I myself would choose a photo shoot over comp and the importance of being really clear on what it takes to get to those levels as well as what is it you actually want and what's realistic for your lifestyle? Because Jenny Doe down the street probably doesn't even want to do what you did for a, for a photo shoot because you took it to like almost comp extremes for mm -hmm. a photo shoot. Like there are different levels and yeah, I'll let you introduce it with that. Yeah. Um, first of all, did, did people really cry over our last episode? I don't want to make people cry. <laughs> actually had a couple of people one of them listened to it three times saying the same thing because she's like this is so me this is so me so it like it does mean a lot when you reach out to us and say how much the episodes reach like touch you because it's why we do it it's why I do it yeah. it's why Ali does her own because we see the same messages over and over again and it's so hard to break free from that when when you do start to break free from that you put yourself back into the same old environment and start believing the same old shit over and over again mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard to fall into that because again like it if this is not what you do for a living then you don't know the difference between what's true and what's not when it comes to things like before and afters and the way people market their coaching so i will only put up before and afters when there's been an appreciable amount of time spent between the two, because I don't want to sway people the wrong way. I don't want them to get the impression that stuff like this can happen really quickly, but you know, past the physical, I like to comment also the mental transition and what it took to 
get to wherever the next photo was. And quite often there's maybe six months at the least uh, difference between those two photos. And I primarily coach men and, and men fall for a lot of the same stuff that we women fall for. They just don't vocalize it. They don't talk about it. They just want to know, how do I get there? And, and they want the path to there. And a lot of them do the cutting calorie, adding cardio, cutting more calories. Uh, what drugs can I take? What supplements can I take to get to where I want to quicker? And we all want it quicker. And the trouble with choosing a show, like I would say I compare it to any sport you want to play. If you want to play a sport recreationally just for fun, understand that's exactly what you're going to get out of it. It's a good time. You're going to enjoy, you know, the community behind it, the process in training for it. If you want to play pickup soccer, rec soccer, um, or any sport, same with bodybuilding. Now I would not call bodybuilding a sport or doing a show, a sport. Many people would disagree with me, but it's kind of more like a pageant where you're, you're in the gym, you're training for that, but if you're not going to go to compete to win, understand that it's just going to be something you're going to do as a hobby or a recreational thing. And I think that the impression that people will either place or maybe win is a little bit foggy um, because of what they see on social media. And quite often, there's the difference between doing a natural show which you can do if you are on absolutely nothing or even hormone replacement, or you have the NPC and the or other organizations that show much bigger physiques that show people who have been at this for a very long time. And I have clients who have done natural shows and NPC shows, and it's quite the commitment. And as you had mentioned earlier, you do have to sacrifice a lot. And I think that hard date is tough because if you've never competed, you're like, oh, there's a show local to me and four of my friends did this show. I want to do the same one because then my friends and family can come and watch me. Well, the problem with that is usually that shows like in five or six months and that may not be enough time to get somebody ready or if they're hell bent on doing that one show date, they may have to take very drastic measures to meet the look that they're going for, for that show. And those measures may not be sustainable at all, or they may have a very hard rebound effect where with a photo shoot, you can be flexible because photographers understand that people change things and maybe the weather doesn't cooperate and stuff like that. So I personally set to do a photo shoot shortly after my wedding, which was August, 2021. You know, my coach, Luke, Luke's like, yeah, we should do photo shoot. Cause I was getting really lean, like the leanest I'd ever been. I was like, yeah, this would be cool. I dieted very hard for my wedding, as you know. And after I was like, yo, I am shot. And we had to take like a two month diet break and revisit the concept of a shoot. And yeah, maybe we'll do it around Christmas. Christmas came, everyone in the world was getting, uh, Omicron, everyone was sick. So I ended up getting sick shortly after Christmas and moved the shoot to January. And then I had moved it to February. And then I moved it again to March just because all these life things kept coming up. 
And I was really happy that I was able to move it to March because had I tried to meet a hard deadline in December, my body probably would not have responded. I wouldn't have looked the way I wanted. I would have been upset and depressed and felt like shit and then have to deal with the ramifications of a very, very hard crash. Now, it's not to say that I dieted very hard for this other shoot. I did a lot of extreme things, but there's still another level that I can get to of leanness and muscularity for a next shoot. But I also went into this other one, understanding what it would take to get there. Like I wouldn't be able to celebrate Christmas for a whole week, but for a day, sure. So that was kind of my mindset in planning a photo shoot versus a show date. That's the thing that I feel a lot of people struggle with. It's they are so hard on that set date and that end date. And something that I spoke about a lot before as well is that external validation, that external outcome. Like when I clung to comp dates because I felt like if I wasn't set in on a set date and I wasn't held accountable to the set date, then I won't show up for myself. I won't be there for myself. I'm not going to do the things. And that's what I feel like a lot of people who come into it without faith in themselves that they can do it or whatever mental reason it is. There's a lot, there's like, I'm never good enough. I never succeed. That can have you cling to external outcomes that don't have the substance in the process. So then you become so riveted on that. And then it's the next thing. And it just comes to a point where you don't even know who you are anymore. You don't know where you're going anymore. And you don't have that flexibility. Like Ali said this perfectly. She's like, I'm, my body's not going to respond, but people see that as failure. Like you will never get your goal body in one fat loss phase, but so many people feel like because they aren't where they want to be yet, they're failing. They're giving up. They're not going to ever get their goals because now they're going to get fat because they're having a diet break or they're reversing and maybe we can clear up exactly this reversing thing a little as well because we can say it so many times but in your head it never makes logical sense it should not take freaking several months to reverse you up out of a diet through maintenance like maintenance maintenance you're not like (laughs) yes you are gonna gain weight but weight isn't fat weight is volume weight is water volume so i'm gonna let Ali talk about that one a little and bring into the concept that you need to be okay with changing the goalposts if your body responds in a certain way. And sadly, if you're hopping on a 12-week program or hiring a trainer versus a coach who doesn't understand this stuff and they're just like, oh no, you just need to get back on track. Oh no, you just need to keep pushing down this this pathway. That isn't going to work well with your body because your body doesn't work that way. Now it, it, I think it, it's so tough to, it, it, when, when results aren't happening at the cadence somebody wants, continuing to track your food, continuing to do the workouts, it is really hard. And, and it's almost gets to the point mentally where you're like, what's the point if nothing's changing? The one thing we can't show clients, like physically show them is what is happening inside their body and how their body is actually taking in the fact that you're giving it more food and rest and all this stuff. And 
I want people to know who are listening to this, that they think that we're kind of immune to any of the mental mind fucks that happen with weight gain. And we're so not, if anything, we are more crazy and we have more body image issues than ever before. And I made it a point uh, on Instagram before I got kicked off for a couple of weeks, but I made it a point to know that, all right, after my photo shoot, which was March 7th, we were going into a reverse diet for me. I was going to document it because my personal goal is to add some more muscle to certain areas of my body. In order to do that, it requires to eat more, requires me to, and gain a little weight, maybe a lot, but also allow my body to gain more muscle. You can't grow muscle without the ingredients that is required to feed it. And I think quite often we get obsessed with looking a certain way, thinking it's body fat. I say all the time, all my guys, they, they're like, yeah, I want to get ripped. I want to have abs. I want muscles. Cool. Maybe they're a little bit, you know, too fat in their mind where, yeah, if we drop a little bit of body fat, you'll start to see what you look like. And then we can work on muscle symmetry. Oh. Eight out of 10 times, we drop the body fat, they get leaner, and they're like, I'm too small. Okay. Why do you think that? Well, because I just feel like skinny fat. And I'm like, well, you're not skinny fat. We just didn't have a lot of muscle underneath that is giving you that hard chiseled look. You've never spent an appreciable amount of time eating enough to actually build that tissue. Same with women. I personally have never, ever, Luke knows this, given any coach permission to take my calories up and allow myself to gain weight to the point where I would freak out in the past. And it's been really funny because I was like, I'm going to be transparent in this whole process. You know, as well as I do, Ruby, there are certain angles and lighting that we can manipulate to look a certain way on social. And I was like, even if I don't feel comfortable, I'm going to show these photos. Like today, I felt ginormous in the gym and I took the photo and showed it anyway. I am five, almost five kilos up from my shoot weight, but I can still see my abs. I want to yeah. put a note onto that. This is something as well that you need to get your head around. And that's you, when it comes to maintaining your results, it does not mean maintaining the same weight. There is no such thing yeah. as maintaining the same weight. And the more that you cling to a number, the more that you cling to a range of whatever it is that you want to stick to, the more you are going to hold yourself back because that is what held me back to. Like, I remember saying to Luke, I never want to get over 58. I never want to get over 58. He's like, you're going to have to push 60. And then I sent him, I sent him a photo of Krista ages ago. This was like two years ago. I sent him a photo of Krista. I'm like, I want her ass. You don't know that she weighs like 10 kilos more than you. I'm like... <laughs> I don't care. I want her ass. She's like, but you won't even be comfortable getting to 60. I'm like, okay, I'll get to 60. And then I got to like 59. I'm like, okay, Luke, I'm at 59. <laughs> but this, <laughs> this was like, I clung so tight to that. And it's kind of funny because now I'm sitting around, I think like 56, 57, 58, 55, 56. Like I hover between there. I don't even know. I weigh myself on random occasion just to see how my surplus is going. But 
it like your your body is always going to change and the more that you cling to numbers as where you're going to be happy with your body you're never actually going to be happy because happiness has nothing to do with the numbers like why is it that you want this certain number so it yeah it it, it's funny because last night I I had texted Luke a screenshot of my aura ring data, which I my readiness score was like in the 60s. He had me on this really gnarly wave loading program that, oh my God, like the loads I was lifting, I'd never lifted before. It had me feeling like I got run over by six trucks every single day. So it took a while to recover from that. And I had complained to him because the week after that, we want we went on a very low volume program and he's like, just get used to it for this week. He extended it for another week. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do the easy program another week. He's like, shut up and do it. Cause that's how I like him to talk to me. It's okay. Um, and so last night I texted him the or data and how my readiness was like in the nineties. And he, he said, quote, Allie, I don't want to do the easy program, Allie 2022. And I was like laughing cause it's true. But also I said, yeah, but how about Allie of two, 2018, I gained half a kilo Oh my God, I need to cut. And here I am five, like almost five kilos up that would, I would have lost my mind in the past. And the only reason I'm comfortable with it is number one, the longer that I can keep a higher weight, the better my body will respond in the future. Let me repeat, the longer you allow yourself to eat more, the better you will respond in your next cut. And I will say showing it on social media and not hiding it and being embarrassed and making people think I'm a fraud if I gain weight has been so eye-opening because people are going to cheer you on and they're going to always think you look great. No matter how huge or fat or stupid or whatever we think we look, we still look better to other people because we are our harshest critics. And the, the fact that both men and women are so happy that I'm sharing this to show that it's normal. We do not maintain a certain body fat percentage year round because it's impossible. And actually on, on one of my Q and A's the other day on uh, stories, a woman asked me, what is a good body fat percentage? She was at 22. And she said, what do I do to get lower? Do I do more hit or do more strength training? And I loved that question because I went into what you and I had just touched on about not being attached to a number. And I said, just for example, I had asked everyone on Facebook and so, uh, Instagram what they thought my body fat percentage was because I got a DEXA right before my photo shoot. People are guessing like 6%, 4%, eight, like single digit body fat for a woman. I mean, it's so maybe bodybuilders like comp, competition. It is so rare. And I was at 15 and people think that's like obese for a woman. And I'm like, you guys don't realize like 15 is, is equal to nine, I think, in a, in a guy. And I know this because Luke was deciding to have a competition with me and he got to 9% and he said 15 was basically equal to what he had or 8%. And uh, so that, that would be my male equivalent. It looks different on everyone. So I am now like 64 and change kilos. Somebody can be five foot three, like me, 64 kilos and look completely different. If I had in my head always to stay at 60 kilos only, or even to get below 60, I would not be able to build any muscle mass because I'm only five, three. And 
if I want any certain look, it requires to be a little bit heavier. So I, I encourage people to go for a look. What look do you want to achieve? Like who cares what the scale says? I never have clients do body fat unless they want to, or unless they want to do a DEXA and they get their bone density. Cool. You know, your body fat, do it like once a year, unless you want to experiment and see if you did a hypertrophy phase or something comparative to what you did before. Luke had me do one during a diet break to show me that I hadn't gained all this fat because I had gained a lot of water. I was 17% body fat during a diet break. I was 15 before my shoot. I, that's fine. So, uh, but that's why you don't necessarily want to attach to yourself to a number because maintaining or even getting lesser than that number is not going to yield the look that you want. So being comfortable with gaining weight has something that is kind of new to me. Like, again, it may seem a little bit obnoxious that I'm like, oh, I've gone from extra small to small leggings but that's a big jump for me. You know, it's a bigger size. But then again, if you can maintain the shape that you have, which only comes from weightlifting and strength training, then it doesn't seem so gross. Whereas in the past, when I didn't have so much muscle and I actually gained weight, it looked very soft. It, it didn't look like I lifted as much. I've been able to maintain the shape. You can see I still have abs and I'm getting heavier. He wants to push it as far as, I, as we can until I get really uncomfortable. So I need my dresses to fit when I do events this summer. Otherwise, like that's really all I need. But four and a half kilos is, is a lot of weight. If you think about it as like, if I gain four and a half kilos of fat, I'd look a lot different than if I were gaining four and a half kilos of glycogen and water and some muscle and some fat. You're not going to ever gain 0% fat when you go into a growth phase. It's impossible even on all the steroids and drugs that you can think of, it is not possible. That is There's actually a reason. Something, that's something really important to touch on because I get it a lot where, like this is actually going to cue into the first thing I wanted to talk about with diet breaks and reverse dieting. It's people go so slow because they try to not gain any fat whatsoever. But the thing is you can never, ever, ever gain muscle without fat. Like it comes one in part of the parcel. Like even if you go really slow, yeah, okay, you might stay lean and lean gain, but fat still comes with that. There is no escaping. And the big thing to remember on this as well is it's maintenance. And diet breaks aren't putting, like, they aren't putting you into a massive surplus. And this is the whole bulk and cut cycle that I hate. Like, we were talking about before this photo shoot is bodybuilding thing. But the thing is, the, the the photo shoot stuff isn't something that most people even care for. They just want to look good every single day, not just for one day. So stop. So don't even go thinking that, okay, cool, I'm going to do a photo shoot that I'm not going to compete for a couple. Like, why do you need to do something like that? Like, why? What's the why? What's the why? Because a lot of the time you just don't like where you are right now and you were so uncomfortable with where you are right now that all you want to do is do some drastic fix because you don't have any control over any other thing in life. Like so many people, they just want to clean everything up, feel like they're in control of something. They don't have any worth. And they're like, well, I can do something really quick, get ready for this date. So why don't I just rush to this date? And then I can just go back to my chaos. Can you make sense? <laughs> go back to my chaos. Like go back to my chaos. Okay, cool. Then what's going to happen with the body after you go back to your chaos? Like you need to take it slow and bring your whole life with you. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing these extremes all the time and never actually being happy with where you are because you never address the chaos that isn't just in your environment, but it's in your damn head. 
But anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it, it's like, because we were there, right? And I think it, the chaos comes from some other trigger that they have usually. Like, I think a show gives them something, like people who say they need that motivation, they, they have something that they're striving for. The problem lies in when they see that as an end point. And then they go crazy. I mean, the one show that I did in 2011, I think I had like 12 cupcakes, a jar of Nutella. Like no one told me you're, you're, you're not supposed to eat like that after. And I was like, oh, and I went to train clients the next week. And like, they're like, are you on prednisone? And I was like, why? Because <laughs> I was so bloated from all I ate everything. Cause I was so deprived. <laughs> and I was like, well, show's over. Like, I only wanted to do it just to do it and get the pictures and get out. And now I look back at those photos and I'm like, oh my God, like I looked awful, but no one teaches you that stuff. And, and so it, it's the external validation of doing a show. Like, you know, I did that. People came and watched me. So, you know, why did I need that? And, and then I actually connected that through therapy later in life. Like it always comes back to something in childhood or some traumatic event and then you have the social media bombardment and then the media saying you can lose X amount of weight very quickly. So they don't usually give coaches enough time or themselves if they have a wedding or if they have something else where they're like, yeah, Ruby, I've got four weeks to get ready for this huge event. And the person is over 30% body fat. It's very hard because in our heart, we want to help this person really badly. But our mind also knows that if we give them what they want only the aftermath is going to be very upsetting. So we have two options. We can explain these are the ramifications. If we do a very hard crash diet, I'm not a fan. It's not part of my integrity. These are the ramifications. If we don't, we go slower. You may not lose X amount of pounds, but you may look different and be happy with the way you look. And can actually grow in the process and in growing in the process you actually gain the confidence that you wanted and you can actually not feel so attached to numbers and feel so attached to outcomes which is something we keep ourselves stuck with with the point where okay cool but now I'm still in the dieting mindset I'm not letting myself like Ali said we don't let ourselves build for long enough and you know that was my struggle with like, like I never wanted to build for long enough I had like there were there I had this three Actually, no, it's four-pronged approach to gaining muscle. Number one, you're too scared to even leave your dieting calories when you need to. Number two, you are, but a few weeks in, you want to go back to dieting and then you start doing it backwards again. Number three, you go into building, but you don't allow yourself to actually build and to grow and push it into the discomfort. It's like you go and then you just stop there. And then the fifth one is you go about it all the wrong way in terms of actually, this is one that I'm going to bring in now for the next segue into the topic. You think that you can force feed your building phase and you don't realize that the building doesn't come from what you eat. The building doesn't come from how much protein you get in, how much carbs you get in, how much you do this, how much you do that. It's because we are so tight on everything we want to do to lose weight. And that's the mindset we stay stuck with that we don't put a hundred percent into what it takes to build. And that's the way that we train. And Ali and I were talking before this podcast on 
just ways that people train that are so not conducive to muscle building. And I, it seems like the topic that everyone really wants to talk about because I've put so many polls in my stories as of late talking about, do you want to know about muscle? Like that's actually the thing that's getting, I'm, I, I actually feel really happy every time I see it, that that's the thing that people want to know more about, like how to build muscle. <laughs> yes. But the thing is people like as much as you want to build muscle, you still don't know the actual process to get there. It's either the fact that you're not in a place to put yourself into the situation of building muscle. Like you have fat to lose first. But a lot of the time we're stuck in this chronic dieting mindset that we want to build muscle, but we want to do it with like high reps and doing flippy floppy bullshit. Like what's, what was the reason for you doing your, for you doing your training that way? Like talk about how to go about the building phase in a way that isn't falling into this whole like bodybuilding spectrum of bulking cut because there is no bulk and cut. There's live your life. Eat to serve your goals, which is to build some muscle. It's not to bulk and it's not to cut. It's like, okay, now we need to get some rid of some fat. Now we need to build some muscle. Like stop speaking about it in these terms that make you feel like a robot and it's all to do with numbers because your maintenance calories change. Your cutting calories will always change mm-hmm. and your building calories will always change. Even within a month, it might because your activity changes or something happens. So take that away. We have less than a minute. Do you want to start again? Let's start again. Oh, back on. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> it's all right. I know what I'm going to say. All right. So when it comes to adding muscle, like, um, it, people want that quickly and it does not happen quickly because they'll equate fat loss with the same rate as muscle gain. So muscle gain takes years, <laughs> like literally a very long time. And literally you're going to wake up one day. And I said, literally like three times in a sentence, but you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I look completely different because the best progress photos are the ones from your past self, not somebody else's because somebody else is going to lose fat and gain muscle at a completely different rate than you are. And it takes a long time because it, it, it's, biology. Like, yeah, you can speed it up with certain things like performance enhancing drugs and all that. But again, you still have to do the work. And this is what I am always reiterating to my men, because a lot of them will look up certain steroids or SARMs and stuff like that as, as this quick highway to adding gobs of muscle. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I have a lot of men who are on TRT as my clients. Some of them, you would never know they're actually on TRT. Does TRT help you gain muscle? It might because it can help you recover from training and uh, push a little harder in the gym, but it does not explode into muscles. So just because you inject something doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to turn into the Hulk within a few weeks. All that work in the gym still needs to be done, but it has to be done in a way that what I call more old school strength training. So in the past, I've been a fitness professional for like 22 years. I'm older. 
In the past, I would say five to 10, more clients have come to me doing more circuit style or what Luke calls huffy puffy work, where they feel metabolic style training is the be all end all. If the rest period is longer than 30 seconds, it's too long. They get bored. They get antsy. They're like, all right, what do I do next? And that's great for burning calories and feeling sweaty and feeling like you got a hard workout. You might build a little bit of muscle, but it's really not going to contribute overall to true strength training where you have a set that is so hard that that demands you rest at least two to three minutes and you cannot wait for that two to three minutes. And it's not like you're jump roping in between, or, you know, people have this obsession with keeping their heart rate up in between sets. That's not the goal. The goal is to gain strength. The goal is to literally rip your muscle fibers so that when you go home and you eat and you sleep and you recover, it forms newer, bigger ones so that that tissue grows. And that happens over repetition of every day, every week, every month, year in and year out cycling through periods of higher calories and lower calories and life events and stuff like that until one day you're like, damn, I have shape in places I didn't think I could have shape. And then it's like art. You fine tune, you find things you want to work on, you build on those areas and then you work at it more and you chisel and it's like a sculpture. Over time, things change. I played college soccer we did not really do upper body stuff in the weight room. I had no upper body. My goal was always to build bigger shoulders. I have bigger shoulders now. I set a goal of this in 2018. That was four years ago. Like, yo, it didn't take two weeks. I was going to say that. What what was your way of actually building muscle there? Because here's another thing. People think they need to change their program every three weeks. People think that, like, especially as beginners, especially as people that need that, like, we've been doing this for ages, so maybe we can change our program every six-ish weeks, but it's still not that big of a change. But people are trying to change things every three weeks, if it's not every week, thank God it's not really that that I'm seeing anymore. It's more so every three weeks, every four weeks, let's start a new program, and they're not allowing themselves to build onto it. And then someone sent me, Lauren Simpson, program from online and there were freaking like squats supersetted with some other fuckery supersetted with like something else and it was all 15 to 20 rep ranges and it's just like this is supposed to build your glutes and get you to where you want to be when it's all literally things of supersets and triple sets and high reps like where's the where's the actual building tissue here without the Okay, yeah, big exercises, high reps in circuits, don't rest so much. And then it ends up with like, okay, then finish with like glute kickbacks, which aren't that bad. It's just that they're overused. And all this other fancy, fancy shit. It's just like, but why? So how do you train to get those results? And maybe the realistic time frame of like, you need to actually stick to a program for longer and you don't need to change your program all that much. And your bodybuilding happens in the gym, the food just needs to match that. And you don't need reverse diets. Oh my God. hundred percent. Like the food has to match it. I think reverse diets are used more for 
people who freak out at weight gain very quickly, myself included, like Luke's like, I'd love to push you straight to 2000 calories, but you'll lose your mind. I'm like, yeah, you know me. I can't handle a lot of food at once. Like I, like you can handle so much more like fiber and these big bowls of things. And my, my stomach can't handle that just from so many years of, of like starving and dieting and all that stuff. Wait, I want to quickly interject, but don't forget what you yeah. want to say on my thing there. I'm not. So I used to have the worst gut issues. I actually, you re- do you remember my gut? I, I sent you some photos from ages ago when I said, I can't even find photos from back then because yeah. I hated my body that much. Like I felt like a freaking hippo 24 seven because everything I ate, it was either constipation or diarrhea. It was either gut this, gut that, like that. People don't talk about that stuff. But that's what I was having because it was fake foods and all these big bowls. And now I'm just like, I'm eating like three kilos of veggies a day and I don't have gut issues. And that is insane for someone like me. But I was a crash dieter and this is the stuff like, oh, I just need to go on this gut protocol. Oh, let's do beach bodies for week gut protocol. Let's get gut right. And that's what I'm saying now. It's just like, you just need to stop eating like a dickhead and stop chronic dieting and all that shit. So that's something I do want to touch on because I did want to say that I did have those issues and because I've been not chronically dieting and I've been out of a deficit for so long and I haven't been beating my body up, you can heal. You just yeah. do the right shit for it. Now back to what you were saying. Yeah, no, you don't have to spend so much money on like functional med uh, doctors or uh, food intolerance tests are such a waste of money because the outcome is going to be the same where it's going to be an elimination style diet. Um, getting rid of things that tend to offend people like gluten, dairy, and artificial sweeteners. I love artificial sweeteners. I really need to call my shit on them, but part of the reason that why I, I, uh, have some gut issues refraining, you know, remaining from that, but I have a whole yeah. bag of and that's what I use. <laughs> yeah. So I need to just stick with that and not go near erythritol or xylitol or anything that ends with tall. So That being said, uh, program ADD actually is a problem among fitness professionals who have not been in this very long and clients. So with clients, they see the entertaining stuff on social, they get bored, they want to change. So I tell them I don't design programs for your entertainment. I tell it to them very straight up. You, You know, me and Luke are very similar. This is the truth. This is how it is. I explain to them, though, I educate them instead of scolding them. I say, I'm not going to play into the entertainment factor, especially if it's been like three weeks. Like, come on. Um, Some people, I extend their program if they miss workouts. So, yeah, you may end up on the same program for like six weeks. But guess what? That's actually really not that long. If it is the type of exercises that allow you to continue to progress meaning you are able to add weight. So the program ADD, like I understand because people will get bored because they don't push themselves hard enough. So they're doing the same way every single week, doing the same exertion, feeling the same stuff. If they start pushing themselves and that's why I provide rep ranges. Hey, how about we try to go in the low end of the rep range or even miss the rep range because the load is way too heavy. Then it becomes a whole different program. And then they're like, oh, this is cool. Trainers, if there's trainers listening to this, we will get bored with exercises a lot quicker 
then our clients will. And this happens more in person because I used to do this in my twenties where I'm like, all right, cool. RDLs are fun and all, but like, we're going to do something else. We're going to do like a single leg RDL, or we're going to do a barbell single leg or, you know, some, some other hamstring exercise when this person's only done RDLs for like two weeks and is so excited to master it, but no, we're bored. So we're going to change it right away. People don't need that much variation, especially if they're only training two to three days a week. We like to train as much as possible. And we've been doing this for so long. We also appreciate the fact that you can get good at exercises. We still deadlift, squat, press, row. Can't really like, if you're standing on one leg curling while like, you know, tapping your nose and then, you know, trying to pick up marbles with your foot, it's going to be hard to progress that. So you're not going to feel strong. Like nothing is more empowering than when I can strap 80 pounds around my waist and do dips or however many pounds to do chin-ups. That is really fucking cool. But you don't get there doing that for only two weeks. People have literally said, you post pull-ups all the time. You must do pull-ups in every phase of your program. I said, yeah, there are so many variations of pull-ups that I have done to get better at pull-ups. My back almost didn't fit in my wedding dress. So we had to calm down. I have no pull-ups in my program now and I'm sad, but pull-ups are a very basic exercise. How could you get, how could you get bored of those? I never get bored of them. I want them back in my program, but my back is too big. <laughs> I have to wear size L extra large and large sports bras. And my cup size is like negative a makes no sense, but my back has gotten really big. It happens. It works, but you got to do the same thing over and over. And a lot of the more experienced lifters, bodybuilders, or go up to anyone in the gym who looks the way that you want to look and ask them what they've done in the past 10 years, not the program they're doing currently, not the diet they're doing currently, what they have done leading up to that. Because everyone asked what I was eating and what I was training for the few weeks before my shoot. Nobody asks me as much right now. They're like, oh, are you, do you have another competition coming up? I'm like, I never had one. I, I just want to get stronger. I want to get bigger, muscular wise. That annoys the shit out of me. I just have to say that right now. People are always, <laughs> saying, people are always like, do you have another club coming up? I get asked all the time. Are you competing soon? Are you competing soon? You're looking really good. No, I'm never competing again. Are you sure? I'm like, why would I want to compete when I can look this good every single fucking day? Like, it <laughs> But it's better than the alternative. Because I will say, like, when I go through airports, they ask if I do CrossFit, which used to annoy me. But I understand the context now that that's people's that's people's perception of a fit person. So it's a huge compliment. Like, I don't mind it at all. It's actually really funny because then the flight attendants or like the TSA people are like, you know, oh, what do I got to eat to get abs like you? You know, stuff like that. I mean, better than if they're like yo, you're going to need like the two seat option. Cause you're too large. Like I would hate that. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that's, that's the other thing people don't realize is just like the cost of you not acting in the right way is you either staying exactly where you are right now or getting worse because there is some reason why you haven't been able to break through despite the many, there is no way that anyone hasn't tried to sort this shit out before. So if you're currently stuck 
there is no way you haven't tried to sort it out. And there is a reason why you haven't tried to sort it out. So why is it, why are you not getting help? And a lot of the time, it isn't just, it isn't just about money. Like it most of the time is not about money. It's that you don't trust yourself and you don't want to let over control. Because for me, Luke was a big price tag for me. Like it, that's what held me off a lot. But at the same time, I didn't trust him completely taking over because I knew that he would make me do the shit that he wants me to do. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am right now because my reverse diet with him was you need to eat 2,100 calories. And I was on 1,600. He wanted me to eat 24, but yeah. my reverse was 2,100. It wasn't, okay, you're eating 1,600. Let's go up to 17. Let's go up to 18. Let's go up to 19. Like, no, that is, that's still bullshit. But he tapered me up in those two phases to get to the maintenance that I needed, which was 2,400. So you can bring that into it as well. But the other thing that you said that grinds my gears is when they compliment you when you're looking at your leanness, but no one gives a shit when you're actually in the building phase and they don't realize that it's that building phase that got you through that lean phase that looks so freaking good. Now, well, I actually like, I was laughing because um, my one friend at the gym, she is 53. She competes in women's physique. So she decided, I think her next, she's going to do a show in October or November after not competing for a couple of years. So she's my height, maybe an inch shorter. And I, I say, I saw her yesterday. I was like, dude, you look awesome. She's like, I feel like a heifer. I'm 142 pounds, which I think that's what I am. And I'm like, I get it. And she's like, like my stomach, all this food is just, it's a full-time job. I'm like, I get you. Cause like, my stomach is just, it's expanded because of food, but like the, the skin around it is still kind of thin, you know? So it's not like, that's how, you know, you're not getting body fat. You just have to eat a lot more. And she looks fuller and her muscles look good. And, and she's like, yeah, I probably will cut in a couple months, but you have to go through that. Like you're competing in women's physique. Like she has to go through a phase where she gets her calories up to like 2,300 right now. She's a small person. And then you start to cut it down. And I was like, this makes me feel so good about what I'm going through. Cause she's like, you look awesome. And I was like, and we both think we look huge, but yet I'm complimenting her and she's complimenting me because she is jacked and people say that I'm jacked, but we don't see that right now. We see bigness and feel like, oh my God, we're eating so much. So it's, it's just a little bit of a mind fuck that still sneaks into us but we know that this is better for us in the long run. And then the more you do it, the more you realize it's necessary. And I think also being transparent on social media and saying, Hey, I'm not going to be competition or photo shoot lean the entire year. And if it wasn't for Luke forcing me out of my comfort zone and being into this, and now it's fun because now the more I eat, the stronger I get, the more I smash weights and I'm lifting most more than most of the men that I train and that are in my gym. And that, then they also want to know what I'm doing. Like, how do I lift that much? And I'm like, you got to eat. And the teenage boys, I'm like, you have to eat. You have to get off your phone. You got to put your mind to work. I put my phone on do not disturb probably 90% of the time I'm in the gym. I don't want shit distracting me. You can't. You said something really good there. Um, there was this guy at the gym who's taken my free advice for, he said, he said he might sign up at the end of this year, which is freaking awesome because he took my advice the last, cause he, he plays like 
footy, I think as well. He walks on the treadmill in playing treadmill. He he's like, I monkey see, monkey do, I'm doing what you do. So he's always walking on the treadmill, like before after his sessions. But anyway, he I got him to increase his carbs double. So he was eating a whole box, like literally, I'm not kidding, a whole box of rice bubbles for his breakfast every single day. The whole box. Because he's a footy player. He's he's very tall. He's got this. He increased his calories by almost double. And he stops doing ridiculous training because I told him he needs to calm the shit down and only train five days, not seven days or six days. And if he needs to take a day off and only do four, then do that. But he's so much bigger now, like muscle-wise, he's fuller. He He's still pretty damn lean and he has veins popping out. Yes, he's gained body fat because you always gain body fat. And yes, you will because you said the skin around your abs is still tight. It's like, yeah, but it is going to look fatter as well because you still carry something like the water there still increases and it makes it look like you do have that flood there. And then body image isn't just about a body. I will keep saying it because like there are days where I feel like a hippopotamus because my sleep was shit and I didn't digest properly. When I don't digest properly, I feel like a freaking hippopotamus. Did that mm-hmm. change the way my body looked? Maybe I didn't digest as much. So I probably look a bit fatter if that's the way you want to say it. But I looked normal the next day. But that for a, for a normal person would spiral out into some complete, like this is why you can't attach yourself to numbers to even a look in the chronic, in the acute sense. It's over time, those looks, because if you look crap one day, that's not really based on you. No, no. And and the, the funny thing is too, like your average client, our average clients don't even need to do what we went through to the level that we went through to get what they want. So the, the attention to detail does not have to be as precise as you and I going through the process that we did for a show or, or a photo shoot. So for them, it's sometimes just just knowing what they're eating, how much and what quantities. And if you have to eat a little more, it's okay. You probably benefit from it. Like you said, your guy's got veins and and he's still pretty lean. One of my coaches, Tim, who lives with us right now, I have him up to almost 600 grams of carbs. He was eating like 200 when he moved down to Florida. He can't stop posting thirst traps. It's awesome. I love it. Like his veins, like his abs are, he's looking shredded. He's on a a wave loading program that is literally kicking his ass. I put him on an advanced GVT program. Like it's amazing. And he's training four days a week. Programs. This continue on how to actually train effectively for muscle growth. This is like going off what we spoke about before with the comp prep and all that bullshit. It's the most people listening to this do not need to be so freaking obsessive over every single little freaking thing that everybody is freaking obsessive about. No, everyone's so obsessed over that these numbers, these body fats, these weights, these, oh, now I need to track all my metrics to the absolute ground. It's like, yeah, they're good to track here and there. But for most people, you don't need to track all of that damn shit. But now it's become a trend to track all of this stuff that it's taking over your life that people don't actually see. It doesn't need to be that hard. But back to the question it's no yeah you need it bring that into the question actually it's like 
you don't need to do what most people on social media that have their life centered around this need to do. But yet, because that's all you see, you think that's what you need to do. And that's how easy it looks. And that's how easy it's going to be. And that it's always going to be linear and sunshine and rainbows because that's what they post. But no, because you're a human living a different type of life where you're not getting paid to do all this stuff. And most people don't even enjoy training. And if you make it your life, you're going to hate it and resent it a lot more. But the question going into that also was on the how to actually train effectively for body recomposition because we're not going through hey let's bulk all the way hey let's cut all the way because most people don't want to be like Ali like most people most women do not want to be like Ali Ali is a freak of nature like I don't want to be like Ali because there's no way that I would have done what she did because I freaking want my food like I Uh. I'm not doing another shoot she wants to do another shoot she wants to push her body weight all the way up there and gain as much weight as she needs to until she gets uncomfortable. Like, no, I'm not going slow like a mouse like I used to, but I'm not going alley style. Like, this is what most people want. And that's what I try to put out there, what most people want. And I'm showing you it can be done because I was a slave to it. And Ali can talk about that for years because she knows I was a slave to that bullshit. And it's like, no, you don't need that. You just need to train. So how do you train for body recomposition without staying in the dieting mindset? I, I would say it, it's a, it's harder than what most people are doing now. And, and you're right. People don't want to look like me. I'm very aware of that. And, and keep in mind, my demographic is training men. So more men would want to look like how I look than women. And I'm aware of that. And that's okay because it allows me to justify training this way gaining weight and looking a certain way, because again, that's who my demographic is. And a lot of my guys, I track stuff with, and I think that people can be a little bit obsessive with the tracking. Um, The only time that I will really dive into a lot of the data is when people have a good hold on their nutrition and their training. If they are nailing their nutrition and nailing their training within like five to 10%, you know, you're going to have days you miss, whatever, then yes, I'm going to look a lot into the data. I have a lot of military veterans who are very precise with their training and their nutrition. So I will go into their metrics, especially if I'm pushing them through a phase where they're in a hard cut, we want to see the metrics fall and then they're going to come back up. But when people look at their aura ring and it says that you need a day of recovery and they say, oh, aura told me to have a day of recovery, I feel fine, but I shouldn't train. Then it becomes a problem that we're listening to the technology when you have to really assess both. So that's where it can become a problem. Now, swinging back to training for muscle hypertrophy and, and recomping, it, it's not increasing the calories to an obscene amount but enough to stimulate some growth, but also going heavy enough to where it's stimulating that tissue growth, not annihilating your nervous system, but also something that you can continue to progress on over time because muscle building takes longer. So we need it to be an over the time thing. It's not something that you complete in four weeks. And then all of a sudden, you're massively jacked. I wish it worked that way. And I really, I really, really, really wish that like people got, like I tell them, I'm like, I am trying to gain weight, like literally muscle. I am trying, I am lifting much more than most people, 
my age or whatever you want to call it sex, whatever. But I am lifting as hard as I can, as often as I can. I am not eating everything because you don't need to eat everything under the sun. If you only need to eat maybe two to 300 more calories to grow a baby, why would you have to increase it by that much more to grow muscle? I don't know. I just thought of that analogy right now, but it, it doesn't require that obscene what you were talking about bulk. That's what a lot of guys will do and should do early in their life to understand how stuff works. Because if you do this dirty bulk where you're eating a lot of junk and then you don't feel as good, but then you put on a lot of fat and then you just have to crash diet it all off, then it teaches you a lesson that might not be the best approach. So the longer approach where you can lift consistently, consistently increase the weight that you're lifting over time while slowly adding your calories in, then all of a sudden, like I said before, you turn around and you're like, yo, I'm jacked. Yeah, it's it. You guys need to be patient with the process. If you're not patient with the process, that's when you're going to cut to extremes. You're going to get uncomfortable and want to cut your calories straight away. You're not even going to allow yourself enough growth. In the, it's so funny because my back was so sore the other day. And then I went into the mirror and I'm just like, has it grown yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ruby, it has not changed a single bit from when you walked into the gym. But it's like, I've been really smashing my back this phase. There's no way it hasn't grown. It's like, it still takes time, but it, it, it comes like you can get so obsessed and in love with the feeling of something working that you get married to it when it starts to not serve you anymore, which is kind of how people feel with these happy puppy programs, because not that long ago, because I was healing my hamstring, I was on a program that was literally like 12 to 20 to even 30 reps for so many different things with all these single mm-hmm. legs, single arm things and everything just, just compacted. It was like, I hated it because it took me over 90 minutes every single time because I, cause I lived heavy for my, like for me, I lived heavy for a lot of people yeah. that doing this program. So oh, you do at high reps, like heavy at high reps with compound exercises it was taking me ages where it was taking other people. Cause it was like a group thing just cause I was trying to heal my hamstring. I'm not doing that shit anymore, but it was taking them around an hour to 80 minutes. It was taking me longer because of that, but I hated it. I wanted to change it sooner, but I'm like, Oh, this always feels like it's working. Cause I'm always feeling smashed and I'm seeing results, but no, 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 no. That is like, it served me then because I didn't have to load my hamstring in a way that was going to aggravate it more. But that wasn't going to serve me long term. It wasn't something that I was looking forward to. It wasn't something that was fitting into my lifestyle, that it was adding stress to me. And if anything, it was going to keep me being really good at high reps without actually effectively building strength and building muscle the way that I need to do it, that it's actually sustainable and that I actually enjoy it. But the last thing I kind of want to touch into Actually, we'll bring up the HRT and BC in a second. Fats. People are still really, really confused around fats. And you, me, and PJ all hop this home that, well, especially in a fat loss phase, fats are overrated. Like you really do not even need to worry about adding in or having high fats in a fat loss phase. Unless it is something that you need to keep high to be adherent to your diet, then yes, that's okay. But the, like I know that way back when people always used to question everything though didn't they say that females need 60 grams of fats it's like mm, 
No. So that's what I wanted to touch on. And then I wanted to talk about birth control and HRT. So you can kind of like talk about both. Yeah. With the fat, it's funny because like I posted on my stories that, you know, oh, my fats are really high at 55, really high for me. So I, I could get 93% ground turkey and I got a couple messages. They're like, 55 is really high. And I was like, well, again, I'll reiterate dieting to the level that I did for uh, the photo shoot is I had fats in, in the twenties for a certain period of time, maybe a few weeks, like it's, you're not going to die. Um, I think that with essential fats as omegas and fish oil, and if you know, you're getting the essential fats, that's really all you need. People will argue that you need it for, uh, hormone production. Uh, I think if you are extremely low fat over a long period of time, and then you're depleting other resources, maybe, but again, with the men I deal with, <laughs> they have low hormones for 6,000 other reasons than their levels of dietary fat. I don't think people need to go as high as we swung the pendulum back when keto reemerged as like the South beach diet and the Atkins diet and all that stuff. So I don't think that that's as so much of importance, but again, what do you like to eat? And if you are someone who's diabetic and has issues with carbohydrates, it's another story if it's a medical issue. So. Yeah. So that, that clears up that question. The other one yeah. is uh, HRT is so shunned upon with so many women, but it is something that can benefit so many, but people don't understand just how much not having estrogen, for example, in your body can be detrimental long-term for your health. And then they, it's like cost and benefits, but at the same time, there's people that do not understand just how detrimental birth control is to you. Like, it's not just about, hey, go cold turkey on birth control. It's, you need to understand exactly what it is doing to your body. So just like talk about both of those with that whole hormone health thing, just to like summarize everything. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I will preface this with women's hormones, even though I'm a woman or not my specialty. Um, so I, I know a lot more about men's hormone replacement than women's. However, uh, you know, birth control 30 years ago, we didn't really know the effects of it and the, you know, how deleterious everything was. Now we kind of know that, all right, synthetic hormones are probably not the best path towards quote, fixing somebody's, um, hormonal issues, especially girls who were in their teenage years. But it was almost like when I was 17, my mom had me put on birth control. Cause that's like, just what you did. It's what everyone did. And I was like, okay. And like my boobs got huge and everything. And then when I was like 21, I was like, I don't really like this. I'm going to go off of it. Cause I did a lot of research even back then as to, do I really need this? I don't want to stay suppressed. So whenever you take in something that's synthetic or, or acting like a hormone, it's going to suppress your natural production. So what it does on birth control, you're, you're basically taking away ovulation, which is the production of progesterone and estrogen is now being suppressed because you have synthetic estrogen coming in. Every birth control is different. But what that does is now creates an environment where your body's like, oh, well, I don't need to produce this on my own because I'm getting it from the outside. Over time, that can cause a lot of issues where when women come off, 
It's not like, oh, you go off birth control on Wednesday, by Thursday, you can get pregnant. Some women actually can't for a very long time because of this suppression. And there's all nutrient depletions and all sorts of things that come with that and suppresses testosterone as well so that they end up with less muscle mass than they had, less ability to lose body fat and stuff like that. So when it comes to hormone replacement, there are still many fears that women with breast cancer can't go on it with hereditary issues to breast cancer, can't go on it, uh, that it causes cancer that does all these bad things. All I know is that I'm 40, I'm on testosterone, I'm on progesterone because we don't really produce that anymore. And usually when women go into menopause, you need to add estrogen because you have to balance all three and testosterone will help with libido, but estrogen really skyrockets libido as women enter meta menopause and progesterone is going to help tremendously with sleep because as you approach perimenopause area, like I am, you get more anxiety at night. You get more heart rate increases at night due to poor sleep and due to the loss of progesterone for guys. Oh man, I have a course on this called testosterone school. Like more and more men are showing up with low testosterone. It declines about 1% every year since the seventies. It's crazy. And there's this whole movement trying to eradicate masculinity from the earth, which I think is crazy. I don't agree with this toxic masculinity BS. So that's not my jam. I'm more like, how about we tell dudes like it's okay to be a dude and we don't need to tell them not to be aggressive in certain areas. Like we're teaching young boys not to fight and not to do things that would direct them towards being a male um, that does contribute to suppressed testosterone levels, not to mention all the chemicals and stuff in the environment and all of that. But basically as a society or a species, we are suffering suppressed hormone production due to things like birth control and plastics and toxic things in our environment and all of that and the obesity epidemic. So if we don't fix any of that, then we're going to continue to live suppressed. It's no way to live. So getting on hormone replacement is not cheating, is not succumbing to something you can't do naturally. It's restoration of the, of the amount that you were supposed to produce biologically. It is nothing more than that super physiological doses. Those are steroids. And you can add other compounds that are illegal into that. That's not what we're talking about. Hormone replacement is literally what it is. Hormone replacement. You're replacing what you do not produce that you should from a certain biological age, puberty, and that you're not, and you haven't been since then. Perfect. That, that, that sums it up a lot because it kind of clears up some of the hormonal confusion that a lot of people have, especially because there are so many women still on birth control and it, yeah. it, it's masking a lot. And it also, at the same time, you don't actually get a real period when you're on birth control and when you come off it, which there are more people coming off it now, it's not just a quick fix. And that's something that I want you guys to realize, but <sighs> To sum up this whole podcast, I want to reiterate the importance of knowing exactly what it is that you want to achieve. And we did touch on a lot. So you might want to listen to this twice because what you do over time is what leads to the results that you see. 
It has nothing to do with what you're doing now that has you the results now. It's what you did before. But if all you're doing is chopping and changing and thinking that it's uh, like some 12-week fix, you're never, ever going to get to where you want to be because results aren't born in the present. Results are born over time. So I guess with all of that, I'm going to let you sum it up with just the importance of doing it for a real reason that stems from not numbers, not obsession, but something that gives you purpose and also just how important it is to break free from the toxic patterns that kept us stuck. Yeah, just if, if you want to look a certain way, know what is required of that. Quite often, that certain toned look requires building more muscle. So don't step on the scale for six months. Go by how you look in the mirror. Expect your clothes to be tight. Be okay with it. Get comfortable with it because that is where true emotional growth occurs and physical is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. So if people judge you by going through a certain phase, Great. Those same people are going to ask you what you're doing when you go through your first cut with more muscle, whatever that means for you. So thank you for coming on. And with that, I'm going to leave the Allie Gilbert, her Instagram below. And if you're a dude listening to this, or if you have a dude as a husband, which obviously you would have a dude as a husband, get them to check out her page as well, because this is 